Hello and welcome again to Three Levels Deep. Uh, today I'm joined by Santo. Hello, hello. And I am Matt. And it's probably just going to be the two of us for a while. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, Matt and Santo, Santo and Matt. The, 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 the S&M era begins now. Yes. <laughs> We're going to go three levels deep into the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Alex has a, a new recruit that he's training up uh, in, in his family, so uh, he's, he's going to be occupied for a bit. So. And Sean is still... Still businessman. Yep. <laughs> he's still doing his best Larry impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got a pretty i was gonna say a pretty average show but you know that's selling us short we got a pretty standard show i'd say <laughs> we're just gonna talk a bit about what we've been playing and a few tidbits of gaming news yeah uh a lot of it fighting game related but uh news awesome, nonetheless awesome. um I guess, where shall we start? All right. Well, uh, I, I think I have to start with an accusation, Matt. I believe you are, you've ruined my life for introducing me to Marvel Snap. <laughs> because I am I'm, sorry. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of that uh, <laughs> over the last uh, couple weeks now. Um, I, I've been liking it quite a bit. I think it's quite a well-designed game for uh, what it you know purports to be. Um, I really love the uh, emphasis on the locations. Yeah, yeah, those being random every time and kind of showing one, showing one at a time. That really changes how each individual match plays out, even when your deck is pretty consistent. Yeah, because you, uh, at, on average, unless you have a deck that's going to let you draw more cards, uh, you're only going to draw nine cards from your deck. Yeah, of your deck of 12. So you're seeing 75% yeah. of your deck every time. So uh, that d makes your deck pretty consistent. On the flip side, that I've run into a few decks now. I'm not sure why this happened uh, since the season reset, where I'm running into, into a lot of people with clearly a bunch of paid cosmetics. So they're either whales or they've been playing for a long time. So they have a, a lot of cards that I haven't seen yet that are kind of busted. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, some of those uh, higher tier cards definitely uh, you, you kind of need them at a certain point. Yeah, well, it's frustrating too because there, there's a, a couple decks that I've run into that literally don't play anything on turn one, two, or three, then play a four drop into a five drop into a six drop and just win. What? The? Because they <laughs> uh, they play Shuri, which doubles the power of the next card, mm. and they play like Red Skull, who has fifteen base power. And makes all your opponent's cards have plus two power on that location. But that doesn't matter because that's 30 power. Yeah. And they play Taskmaster, which has the power of the last card you played. <laughs> or Arnim Zola, which destroys the Red Skull and puts it into the other locations. So uh, there are some bullshit decks. I'm, I'm starting to think that I need to main deck Shang-Chi now. <laughs> to be like, oh, oh yeah. you, you have a very powerful singular card. I'm going to blow it the hell up. I, I recently made a very stupid deck. Yes. <laughs> uh, just all cards with random effects that, like, get you more random cards. So, like, Agent 13, just give, adding a random card to your hand. Or Cable, just taking the bottom card off of your opponent's deck. Just stuff like that. I've got two versions of the deck. An actual playable version. Mm -hmm. And then the version with Agatha Harkness. Oh, God. <laughs> because... That's one of the most interesting <laughs> cards in the game, and one of the least interesting cards in the game at the same time. Yeah, for those of you unfamiliar, she starts in your opening hand, she's a 6-cost, 
14 uh, power. Which is ahead of the curve, yep. in fairness. But she plays all your cards for you. You have no control. Yeah. <laughs> it's just AI control, and it's... The AI could do some work, I'll say that. The only control you have is hitting snap, retreat, and end turn. Yes. Uh, th there's also a location, ego, that makes us that both players get played by AI. Yep. And I've only had that come up once. Same here. And uh, at the end of it, like, I, I was pretty sure I was going to lose, but I just played it out anyway just to see what happened because it was so, like, fascinating to me. And at the end, we both fist pumped, did the fist pumped uh, emote. That's something that I, that I like. It seems like a lot of the players are very, like, they're not dicks with the emotes. I've only <laughs> encountered one person that actually used the emotes. Really? Yeah. Well, I I love to use the Spider-Man pointing emote whenever me and my opponent play the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I do that a lot. And, you know, fist pumps, like, if it's a close match or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so so far, I'm three for three with my Agatha deck. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, the first two were actual wins, and then the third one, uh, my opponent retreated. Nice. I, I, I hear you haven't had quite the same luck with Agatha. Well, I mean, I don't have a... Like, it just keeps getting added to my hand from other effects. Okay. I haven't unlocked it yet. I haven't tried it, like, intentionally. It's just like, oh, I'll play Agent 13. Oh, wait, well, I guess I don't get to play this game myself this time. Yeah, I, I picked her up in the uh, shop for the uh, mm -hmm. the tokens. I've only done that get. with one card so far. Because there's a lot of cards I'm like, maybe I'd use this, but the tokens seem kind of hard to come by yeah. a little bit, at I, least at my current rank. When I saw her, though, I was just like, that's so stupid, I want her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think I, I've also bought Gambit. Oh, if Gambit shows up, I'm buying Gambit. Gambit seems amazing. Yeah, and, and the nice thing is you can pin. Yeah. So if you don't have, so if something comes up that you really want to get and you don't have the currency for it at the time, you can pin it. Yeah. But nothing else is going to come up in rotation until you've purchased or unpinned it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one other little like piece of game design that I really like from this is that like there's a few like vanilla cards that don't have any effect. That they just have stats, like Cyclops. Yes, which is on brand because Cyclops sucks. Uh, but I really like that as a design decision because it kind of sets the power curve like what it's kind of supposed to be, so you can judge yeah. other cards against that. For the most part, like, you know, Misty Knight being a two power for one cost, like, there's so many two power for one cost that have bonus effects that's like, okay, that doesn't quite balance out, but, like, then you get to stuff like Abomination as a five drop. A lot of five drops don't have nine power, but they have some other effect, so you kind of can gauge stuff that way. Like, like the Hulk being, you know, the biggest vanilla creature. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I look at some of my... Six drops on again, like, oh, this can, like, gain power in this kind of corner case scenario, but if the, like, Apocalypse, for example, if you discard it once, it's just as powerful as the Hulk. You need to discard it more than once to make it more powerful. Yeah. So, in, in a deck with him, you want to have, like, Lady Sif, Blade, yeah. Swordmaster, like... You, you want to have a lot of discard yeah. effects to make that actually work. Um, oh, and, but, but uh, going mm -hmm. back, speaking of the Hulk, there, there's a location uh, that... Yes. Is it after turn three? Yes. After turn three, every card of that location just turns into the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've ha had a couple matches where, like, things get really crazy because that will show up along with New York, which is on turn six, you can move any number of cards to this location. So it just becomes like a mind game of, like, how many Hulks <laughs> are we each going to move? <laughs> or you could just, like, put th three cards on that spot. Yeah. 
let those three transfer, and then say your opponent put all four. Oh, they're going to win that spot. But what if you have an Iron Man? Yeah, what if, yeah, what if you have something else? <laughs> double like... the power, double your power at this location? Yeah, just, just win. <laughs> um, yeah, the one other thing that I want to mention is that, like, um, I think a lot of the art in the game is, is quite good. Oh, yeah. But the logos, the logos are awesome. I really <laughs> like that. Because they had to make, like, kind of a distinct logo for each character in there. And there was a lot. So some some of the work that they've done there is, like, really nice. It is a little weird that there's no kind of... Yeah, it's weird that there's, like, no gallery or something with, like, more details telling you what franchise each character is from. Yeah, like, I'd like to see, you know, like, a first appeared in this issue yeah. or whatever like that. Like, they've done with, like, Smash trophies and stuff. Yeah, because, like, I saw... I, I was running Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and I'm like... Man, these two synergize very well. I have no fucking clue what they're from. And then, like, the next day, I saw a trailer for a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur series on Disney+. Plus. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well. So it's like, okay, they're from the same thing. That's why they synergize so well. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've done some good stuff like that. Like, all the Guardians of the Galaxy getting bonuses. If you play your card at the same location, somebody else played a card that turn. Like they have, they have different themes for uh, cards from the same universe, for example. Yeah, and some like defined archetypes, like you know the discard deck, the self destroy deck, the double dinosaur moon girl deck, because <laughs> that's just a very yeah pro, pro tip for anybody starting out. Once you get those two, that's a good, that's a fairly good strategy. Yeah, because you just get a couple very large creatures, and especially if you have devil dinosaur in your hand when you play moon girl yeah and then, then you've got two devil dinosaurs to play yeah then you've got turn five devil dinosaur turn six devil dinosaur yep. and, and for those unfamiliar moon girl duplicates your hand devil dinosaur uh gets plus two power for every card in your hand yeah so just very simple easy synergy right there uh yeah so that's about all i have to say but i'll, I'll i think i'm gonna keep playing it for at least a while yeah until maybe i get frustrated from from having to fight the same kind of busted because that's the thing like i don't mind playing against high tier stuff and losing often if i think the high tier stuff is like mostly fair like i've been mm. playing mostly fair decks the entire time and in the, in the entirety of the last rank season i was mostly coming up with against mostly fair decks that you know played cards on every turn for example yeah it didn't like only play cards on half the turns and then win so we'll see or maybe i just have to start making metagame calls in my decks but there's such limited space it's tough yep. yeah no i'll, I'll still be sticking i've definitely slowed down but i still play i still play from time because it, it's fun yeah it's fun it's quick it's math <laughs> so uh the other game i've been playing a lot of is uh for a while i'm like okay i kind of want to play this game but i know that if I do, it'll take up a bunch of my time, and it's a game I've already played. And that's Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age. Um, I'm in the same boat right now with something else, which yeah. I'll, I'll bring up later. <laughs> Alright, um, so Final Fantasy XII, as I brought up before, it's one of my favorite games. And The Zodiac Age is a, you know, HD re-release, which I can't... I'd have to see footage of the original game because the original game looked really good for a ps2 game and this game looks 
Maybe like an upper-res oh, PS2 game. I don't okay know. Okay for a PS4 game? Sure. <laughs> um, whatever. I, I think it looks... Well, okay, that's the thing, is that, like, polygons and pixels and all that stuff, like, yeah, it doesn't look great for a PS4 game, but in terms of visual design, I think this is one of the best-looking games ever made. Uh, so many of the designs of the characters, the locations, the enemies, all of that had so much work put into it to make it look very unique in the world that this game builds. And this game builds an excellent world. I'm looking at the back of the box right now, and that's really the image they went with for the fully remastered visuals bullet point. Uh, well, that's the thing, is that, like, maybe it's just because I like, you know, it, played it, the game before. That doesn't look bad. Well, <laughs> but, like, it, that that particular screenshot they're showing, it does just look like an up-res PS2 game. Fair enough. <laughs> but... This game has had an interesting little history to it because it was released first on the PS2. Uh, and then um, something that happens a lot with Japanese games in that era is that there will be an, a version released in Japan, then a version released later that's localized for you know North America that has some changes to the game, and then a version that's localized for like Europe because you know, that's so many more languages that has even different stuff put into it. And, and like the Asia-Pacific region, same thing. Yeah. And then those will get re-released back in Japan as the international version. Uh, so I've played through the original, and the original had this big board of things called licenses, which determined what your character was able to do. Uh, what, what, what weapons and armor they were able to use, what abilities they were able to use. And every character had access to everything. You could double up on two characters learning the same spell, like, no problem with it. Uh, but one thing about that is that there were a few spots that were, like, one character only could pick them, scattered around the edges of the board. So what I w did, well, I suspect a lot of people did, was specialize in one direction to get those character, like, one character-specific uh, spots. So uh, one of the things that I did was one of the characters I specialized in accessories and to get their like limit break basically and one of the accessories that you can get is one that doubles xp gain for that character specifically so i got when i got that item that was the only character that could wear it so i put on that character and that character never left my party for the entire game <laughs> <laughs> so i even though like that uh that license board doesn't exist in that way anymore where you have to do that. I've kind of kept that playstyle when I played through the international version and this version, where I just had that one character with the double XP thing like the entire time. So this is based on the international version then? So, yes and no. <laughs> where the international version made it so that each character, you gave them a job. Uh, like the you know, many Final Fantasy, the, the job system, like White Mage, Black Mage, all, all those things. And they were locked into that one specific job once you chose that for the entire game. Uh, the Zodiac Age, this version, each character can pick two jobs instead of just the one. And there's 12 jobs available, no doubling up. So you can have everything, which is very nice, actually. Because there, there are some... There's a lot of, like, hunts in the game where you go after, like, elite enemies that are, like, really tough bosses. So in the international version, there were... You might get into a situation where you kind of don't have the tools to be able to deal with a particular monster very effectively. In this version you can. Also, you can reclass whenever you want. Okay. At, at no cost to you, except for 
time to have to go through the license board and redo, yeah. redo that all that stuff. So uh, it's a lot more flexible. I think that your party is slight. They didn't balance it quite right. I felt like I was kind of overpowered. I don't know if that was just because I had a lot of options available to me or because this was my third time playing through the game. <laughs> uh, probably a mixture of both. Um, but it's a very comfy game. Like, kind of like a single-player MMO. You're running around these areas. You don't get into random encounters. They're not instanced. You load into a battle scene. You just fight them then and there. It's an active battle system with... Uh, programmable AI for your characters. Is this the one that allows you to speed up the combat? Um, a few of the Final Fantasy games allow you to speed up the combat, but this one does, yes, uh, which is nice. Some of the areas are quite large. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's just a very comfy game for me, which is kind of what I needed. I just wanted a game to be able to like lay down the couch and play. Uh, because you know, you're running through these areas, your characters are battling by themselves. Um, and you can always pause the action and give, like, direct commands if you want to. Uh, which, you know, I would do in, like, boss battles and stuff. But just getting from A to B, it's nice to not have to get into a bunch of random encounters and just, like, usually end up running from them at some point because I just I just want to get to the location yeah. I want to get to, man. Which is a, a problem in a lot of JRPGs, I'll admit. I've gotten a lot less patient about that these days. <laughs> Time is a commodity now. <laughs> yes. Um, so one of the, um, things that I mentioned earlier was the world design, all the design of the enemies, architecture, even the fonts are very well designed, I think. Um, like there's, they put so much work into just making things look unique. Like there's this one scene where there's a big airship fleet and you can see all like five, six different flagships. All of them have like unique designs that are still like kind of based around a base design kind of like they so they could just you know use six of the same model but they didn't they made sure to make individual models for each of those big ass airships and this this was when this was during you know <laughs> a better age of square enix i'll say that much <laughs> but the um the city the main city that you're in um Rabinaster, it's the first example that I can think of in a video game I've played of just like a really like big living city. Like the only other one I can think of is like maybe GTA. Maybe. Mm. But just because there's like there's a lot of JRPGs, towns and cities and whatnot, you know, you can talk to everybody in the town, but there's like, you know, six people walking around and like four buildings. This is a gigantic city with tons of NPCs that you can't talk to. But they're just like running around like doing their thing. Oh, and gosh. like a ton of different shops like the city's so big that there's five fast travel points in it oh, wow. all right so <laughs> again this was for a ps2 game so seeing it at the time really blew me away uh and there's a big freedom of exploration in this game this is maybe the most non-linear uh final fantasy game there is because there's a ton of different areas that you can go to that you are not supposed to be there <laughs> where, where like it says the levels of, of enemies when you encounter them when you, you look at them. So you can go to places where your characters are like in the mid-teens and you'll see, oh, this is level a like a level 35 area. If you want to be sneaky and try to run past enemies and pick up treasure that's in the location, you can find some pretty good items. Pretty early on. But you're probably going to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or if you think that you can come up with a really good like you know system to beat these enemies, you can... Uh, 
like try and fight your way to getting a lot of the good items but it, it really rewards exploration in that way which is nice and okay two more things i want to talk about uh so the voice acting and voice voice acting and voice direction is also extremely good in this game they learned very fast from Final Fantasy X yeah, going yeah. to this thing. I, I would hope so. Uh, where a lot of characters have, I, won't, I don't want to necessarily say unique accents, but like not heard of a lot accents. Like it's not like, there. there's like some people that have like kind of British E accents, but some have, have like kind of a like British Indian kind of accent to it. Um like, there's a lot of, you know, people from India that live in, in Great Britain, so they have, like, that kind of accent to it. One of the characters in your party, uh, the bunny lady, has a Finnish accent, as it turns out. So a lot of characters speak with these different accents, and they also speak in very, like, different ways. It's not quite old English, uh, but they speak in a very unique way. I can't quite say if it's old English or Victorian English or whatever the English it is, but, like, that kind of way of speaking combined with those accents really gives you the sense that the world is a lot bigger than a lot of um, JRPG worlds. Like there are people from these different locations that are very, you know, that feel like they're from different locations like that. Um, it just makes the world feel very diverse. Yes, very diverse, very vibrant. Um, I have one big problem with the game though that i didn't realize until playing through this time i hate the music in this game oh <laughs> and this is i'm gonna sound like a hypocrite here because a lot of what i'm okay so the main composer for this uh, hitoshi sakamoto is the same person who did the final fantasy tactics soundtrack that's one of my favorites ever and a lot of the things that i don't like about this soundtrack probably could be said about the final fantasy tactics soundtrack but um hopefully i'm gonna make my point's clear, I'm not sure about that, but, um, uh, so most of the songs, like, it's a very orchestrated soundtrack, there's a lot of parts in every, uh, song, but I don't think it's particularly mixed that well, and mm. there, it's not composed in a way that gives certain sections, like, a lot of chance to shine, it just sounds like some kind of orchestral malaise to me, and that's not the kind of music that I like. I think that a single person on a piano is going to provoke more of an emotional response from me than 50 people in orchestra every time. Doesn't matter what they're playing. They could be playing chopsticks on the piano and Beethoven's fifth in the symphony. <laughs> and, I'd still, and I'd still have a more of an emotional response. So, uh, and another thing I don't like about orchestral mu music that I, you know, figured out while playing this game is that I really like drums. Drums are really good, as it turns out. Yep. Like, I like snares and hi-hats and stuff like that. And a lot of orchestral music is just like cymbal, is just like cymbals, bass drums. You might get a timpani in there if you're lucky, but like it doesn't have traditional drums, which I really like. My favorite band's Rush. I love them drums. <laughs> uh, like, rest in peace, Neil Parrott. Yes, indeed. Um, there's an overuse of musical phrases in this game um which can be good can be bad uh, I, i'm talking about like you know using the same like little like musical like set of like you know two bars or whatever in v different songs on the soundtrack some of this is used in for good stuff like a lot of the themes of the empire in this game use a same melody for when they show up okay that's good but there's a few that just show up in places that don't really make sense uh and 
I finally found out what the difference between a motif and a lay motif is because of this. Where a motif just describes, you know, a musical phrase used throughout a, throughout a work. A lay motif is one that refers specifically to some sort of character or location or idea that the story is trying to present. So lay motifs are good. Just motifs, not so much for me. And the other thing is that, like, a lot of the overworld themes and the various big expanses that you're walking across, they have these themes on the overworld, they don't really work for me because one of the downsides to having the combat just take place in the world, no instance or whatever, is that there's not a specific, you know, world theme and battle theme. I'm a big fan of JRPG battle themes. So a lot of these themes just end up kind of having to do both of trying to be like, you know, kind of whimsical, worldly, overworld music and have parts of just like bombast and whatever because you're also fighting stuff the entire time. And I just don't think it works. It's like, you know, a, you know, a shampoo and conditioner like in one bottle or whatever. It just doesn't work as well as using them separately. <laughs> okay? Like as soon as uh, I as soon I as I didn't know I've exclusively used the shampoo uh, and conditioner. <laughs> once I once I start growing my hair out, I, I I had decided to start using like individual ones and I can't go back now. <laughs> my hair feels so much better that way. So like it's it's trying to serve two the music in those sections is trying to serve two masters and fails at both. So yeah, like well, on the plus side I'll say because of the pace of this game and the fact that I don't find the music that great, it's a good podcast game. So, you know, you can listen, mm. you can listen to this podcast while you play it and you know, it'll work out. It's very easy to have something else on the side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but meet uh, me with the podcast when you get to the cutscenes because they're very well done. Uh, and speaking of Final Fantasy music, the other game I've been playing a bunch of is a Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which is the Final Fantasy Rhythm game. How did you get that segue in there? <laughs> um, and how's that been? So I... Theater of the Curtain Call is another one of my favorite games um, for very, various reasons. You can go listen to the favorite games miniseries or whatever to find that out. Um, I think that this is an okay version of the game. Uh, the reason it's only okay instead of great is because there's no touchscreen controls. Now... That's what I thought made the game so great on the 3DS, was having those touchscreen controls. Um, it's just controller controls this time. And A, I'm not as good at those, and B, they get into some like complicated rhythms that are I found quite difficult to actually do on a controller. Mm. Um, because there's sections where you have to press buttons, hold buttons, and move sticks in uh, specific directions. And just the way that I tend to hold a controller, like it, it was kind of difficult for me to like actually get my hands working properly. There's also sections where you have to hit multiple buttons at the same time, which obviously didn't happen on the touchscreen version because you just were tapping the screen yeah. and stuff. So it's it's quite a bit more difficult just from a control standpoint. I think it's not as fun. It works well enough, I will say. Uh, I can mostly just blame my hands on the fact that I'm not great at it, but whatever. And this makes some amount of sense because the game was also released for PS4. Yeah. So, you know, if it was released exclusively for Switch, then there'd be zero reason. But, you know, if they're releasing it on other platforms, fine. They don't want to put the development resources, even though they have, you know, 3DS games that they already did. So they should know <laughs> a, lot, a lot of how to get that to work already anyways. 
Do you feel like it would be better if the game had a was designed around a specific controller, like a unique controller for the game? No, that would have driven the cost up. Because <laughs> some I some know. rhythm games do just feel better on the controller they're made for. Yeah, because like this this was originally an arcade game. I'm pretty sure. So I have no idea what the controls are for that, and for the Theatrhythm Dragon Quest. That's also <laughs> been made, apparently. Um, so there's a couple things... I'll start with all the things that I think the game got wrong, for what it got right. And I'll press it again. I think this is an okay game. I think if you're a fan of Final Fantasy music and like rhythm games, you should play this game. I think it's quite fun. Um, so the track selection is mostly great for every title except for Final Fantasy X. I think Final Fantasy X got done very dirty here. Really? Because, okay. So they so, have returned to Anarchan. Okay. Zanarkin. So they do have returned to Zanarkin, okay. but not in the base game. Oh, okay. So they, the base game has 385 tracks. That is, that's a good amount of tracks. That's a lot of tracks, but they... But they have three versions of the game. The base game, the deluxe version, and the super deluxe version. <laughs> the deluxe version has 27 unique tracks. Two Zanarkin is one of them. As well as a number of other, in my opinion, iconic songs from the games. They're mostly like the lyrics-based songs in the games. Like Eyes on Me from uh, Final Fantasy VIII and whatever the one was from Final Fantasy IX. Uh, so it's... A little like half of them are those, and half of them are like kind of fun additions. Like they had a couple songs from Nobu Uematsu's band, The Black Mages, because <laughs> they do heavy metal covers of the Final Fantasy songs. So like, okay, you know, those are those are good additions, and like an acoustic version of the Final Fantasy VI boss theme. Like, yes, sure, that, that that's a good inclusion for DLC. But Tuzanarkand is the most iconic song from Final Fantasy X. The fact that they didn't have it in there, yeah, by default. When it was in there by default in the other games <laughs> on 3DS, is messed up. Uh, they also didn't put in Oron's theme or the Bethsaid oh. Island theme, which are my two favorite tracks from that game. So th those are the only like glaring omissions, I think. Though every other game has all the ones that I would consider iconic in there, as well as some you know other good inclusions. I, I do know that they loaded up on Final Fantasy fourteen music. Yeah, there's like forty two <laughs> tracks on Final Fantasy fourteen, and the that, next... that's because it's from various expansion packs as well. Yeah, and the next highest is like twenty tracks from Dissidia, yeah. I believe. And um, that's just because that's a ton of different remixes of other tracks. I believe it's also supposed to be getting Octopath and Near DLC. Yes, so there's 90 DLC packs planned. If you buy the super deluxe version, which I did, <laughs> you'll get uh, them all. You'll get them all and in a bunch of different packs. So there's um, Chrono Trigger is a pack. Mm, uh, right. The World Ends With You, Near as well. Uh, the last two packs, they haven't said um, which they are though. So I'm hoping for some Mario Hoops 3 on 3 music. Apparently Square Enix did that <laughs> oh, game. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised because those last two track or packs are are bay those last two two packs are a ways out, right? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them's 16. That's definitely that's definitely a possibility. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, I don't know what they could be because it's like okay, well, front mission? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Star Ocean, like that's the thing. Is like, if it's if they're question marks, I don't. They're either going to be like obscure 
or like really well requested. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to be. I, I feel like one of them's got to be 16, though. I don't know what the other one would be, though. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, a couple other things that I had problems with. Um, so, there are two songs in this game that are big. They, they messed up really badly. One is Dancing Mad from Final Fantasy VI, and the other is One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII, because they put short versions of those tracks in there. Oh. Despite having, again, long versions of those tracks in previous games. Now, huh. it's at first I'm like, okay, maybe they just wanted to standardize the set of all songs are about two minutes long. But then I played a couple tracks from Final Fantasy XV that are like four minutes long. And the versions of the Dancing Mad and One Winged Angel and the other games were about four minutes long. So I don't know why they did that. Yeah. And that frustrates me a lot because, again, One Winged Angel, incredibly iconic song, and Dancing Mad is one of the best songs on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, that that actually reminds me. I'm disappointed that uh, in Beat Saber, it's the short version of Sandstorm. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The long version would probably dehydrate dehydrate some people. Though. I mean, it, it, it's a slow lead in, though. Yeah, fair. So the last thing that like bothered me about this game is that um, so this game is primarily meant to be like a, a fan service game for fans of the franchise and whatever. Um, again, this is I'm gonna bring up what the previous games did that this game doesn't do is that there's a bunch of little cards that you can collect, uh, all the different characters, enemies, summons, uh, different like moments of the games that you can collect, but they're just they're just JPEGs. Oh. In the other games, they had like a little, like you know bestiary kind of description of them, and they said like, "Oh, what's their first appearance and stuff like that." Kind of like what we want from Marvel Snap. Yeah, uh, but and it's, it's just a JPEG. It's just JPEGs. They they like buff your characters slightly, but when you get them, so, but like it's it's kind of annoying that they you know they literally have a section on the uh, main menu called museum where you go and view this stuff. And when I go to a museum, there's little cards that tell me what the stuff is. <laughs> At a real museum, I'm not just looking at you know a painting and being like, "Who is this by?" I don't even know because yeah. they don't tell me. So that's it's 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 frustrating. It, it, at, at times, this game feels like it was created by like super Final Fantasy fans that know their stuff and like really knew what they were doing. At other times, it feels like they had no clue that they were just you know like, "Well, we got a we got 385 tracks. We got to get into this thing. Fucking let's." crank through them <laughs> cut cut some corners elsewhere um but the one thing that they did add for this game that i think is really really nice is um one of the core things about this game is that you're building a party of all, all these different final fantasy characters specialized in different things learn different abilities for offense defense healing finding more items whatever so you can build a team uh and in the other games you kind of just didn't really matter like you just built a team that did as much damage as you could, found enough items as you could without taking too much damage themselves. Like, it didn't really matter all that much. So I mostly just used my the characters I liked, whatever. Good enough in its own way. But this game, um, the story mode, which has you playing through every damn song in the game. <laughs> um, uh, the, the Guitar Hero method. Yeah. Well, you, you can choose whatever whatever series you want to go to. Go to. It's fine. <laughs> it's, not, it's not linear based on difficulty or anything like that. Um, but now they have quests associated with each song to do specific things. So like, okay, defeat this many enemies or clear it above this HP 
uh, percentage or clear it, you know, without missing a node or summon X number of times, find X number of chests or whatever. So it gives you more of an opportunity. This is, this is the kind of stuff I like to see in game design where it it's design that suggests to the player to do something specific. Uh, which in this case is to try out new characters and build new parties of different characters because, you know, I don't necessarily like games that are just like, okay, just pick this, pick the stuff you like and just do that the entire time. That's boring to me. I want to experiment. So that's, that's good design in my opinion. Uh, but that's about all I have to say about that. It's solid. It's one of those games where like the people that are going to like it probably already know about it and probably already have picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt there's anybody that's on the fence. Yeah, I'd probably pick it up. But I'm not all that familiar with too much Final Fantasy music. That's the thing. I will say the Airbuster is in it. They have Final Fantasy VII Remake stuff in there. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I haven't played too much. <laughs> I uh, I started replaying Breath of the Wild, and that's ah. taken a lot of my time. Put a lot of other things on the put them on, put them on the uh, back burner. I think I'm kind of regretting it. Yeah. Uh, not because I'm not having fun with the game. But because Tears of the Kingdom is supposed, like it looks like it's mostly going to be the same map. Oh, huh. like like you're gonna have those those parts they've shown off in the trailer where those there's this parts of land that have raised up into the sky. But since it's a direct sequel, I feel like it's going to mostly be the same map, especially since it originally started development or, or was originally planned as just being another DLC. But oh, got too huh. big for uh, for a DLC. Hmm, okay. So I'm a little cons. I should have replayed it like a year or two ago. <laughs> I feel like replaying it this close is going to. I, I, it's going to feel like I'm playing the same game <laughs> pretty much. You know, you could always just stop. <laughs> I'm almost at the end, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm almost done. I mean, just I go can... for, well, you can forget it any time you want. I, I mean, yeah, I, I can go right now. I'm just, uh, I'm trying to finish up the DLC stuff I never played. Ah, okay. Because <laughs> I had bought it, but I never did it. So, mm. um, yeah, no, that it, it's still fun. It's it's Breath of the Wild, large open world. I my biggest complaint has to be the weapon durability. Yeah. So though, yeah. just the weapons breaking and having to go find some new stuff. It's just it's a pain. Uh, I hope they have some kind of repair system at the very least, or just completely get rid of the weapon durability at all. Which that, that's a big thing about uh, Tears of the Kingdom is like I'm not really too excited about gameplay wise because they haven't exactly shown too much. Mm -hmm. I mean, they showed the vehicles that you can create. Yeah, all right, <laughs> um, that's interesting. Uh, Zelda nuts and bolts. Yeah, but uh, I'm more interested in this in it for the uh, story at this point, especially. That's a weird thing to say about a Zelda game, honestly. <laughs> There's a fan theory out there right now that I'm really interested in, it, and I'm kind of hoping it's true for Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, and it's that. So you know how before before Tears of the Kingdom existed, Breath of the Wild is the end of the timeline, and Skyward Sword is the beginning. Sure. Um, oh, I think I see where this the is fan going. theory <laughs> is. With those sections of land rising up into the sky in Tears of the Kingdom, what if it's a loop? Oh no! <laughs> I don't want that. I don't, oh. 
there's one good time loop thing, and that's that one episode of Stargate SG One. <laughs> Maybe Groundhog Day. I haven't actually seen Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is good. Okay. Uh, and I guess Outer Wilds for you. <laughs> Another good time. Oh yeah. Thing. Yep. I love, but, love Outer Wilds. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, spe- no. Speaking back to the weapon durability, though, I don't know. It's kind of what I, what I was saying earlier. Like it forces you to use different kinds of weapons. True. But then you can only use them for so long. Yeah. Maybe the durability would be better if they, like, if they just doubled the durability on everything. Maybe yeah, it would it wouldn't be such a pain. But but yeah, no. Breath of the Wild is Breath of the Wild. Um, I'm having a good time playing it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to finishing it and moving on to some other stuff again. Um, but I did find time for uh, one other thing. Mm-hmm. It was just a short game, a couple hours, and that's uh, Katamari Damacy reroll. <laughs> Because yes. uh, I'd never played Katamari before, and uh, in, the, in that Ninten- Nintendo Direct reaction we did, they showed off the remake of the second one, which, mm-hmm. to my understanding, the first two are the only ones that really matter. Oh. <laughs> because after that, I think the creator stopped working on them. Oh. <laughs> um, at least that, that that's my understanding of it. But, uh, yeah, because of that announcement, there was a free week for... Katamari Damacy re-roll. Um, but at the same... It was also on sale for six bucks. Okay. So well, I just picked it up. Yeah. And it's fun. It's Katamari. <laughs> it's fun. You're just rolling everything up in the world up into balls. Yeah. <laughs> Creating stars, constellations, the moon. <laughs> <laughs> the dialogue's great in it, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the king of all cosmos is yep. a character. <laughs> yep. Sure is. Uh, and outside of that, I also played Samurai Showdown. Oh, nice. The Okay, which one? The, the most recent one. Okay. Um, they recently, it recently had its first beta for getting its rollback netcode. Oh, okay. Uh, because uh, the delay base in this game, to my understanding, has been horrible. Mm. It, it's not been a great game online at all. And kind of put it to a test with a friend because even in delay-based netcode or delay-based netcode games my friend he's down in california we've always had a good connection playing fighting games be it rollback or delay-based yeah no we were feeling it in oh. samurai showdown there's definitely something wrong there and that first rollback beta did not go well Ooh. we actually <laughs> we actually uh uninst- we actually opted out of the beta back to the delay base you roll back you roll back <laughs> <Yep. laughs> to the delay because the delay base was actually a bit better for us than the uh, rollback was in wow. that beta. Well. But uh, yeah, it, at, at the time of that beta, it was on sale. And the big everything bundle, which gets you all 12 DLC characters, was mm-hmm. 20 bucks. Ooh. Um, Do you know if that's still on? No, oh, not right now. Oh, well. it, 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 but yeah, it's, it's not like a lot of other fighting games. It's not a combo heavy game. Yeah, uh, you're mostly only gonna get like a couple hit strings in. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how the, the original Samurai Showdown yeah. felt big hits. And there's even situations where you can win a round in two attacks. Yeah, because it, it's a big damage game, mm-hmm. but it so it's mostly a lot of footsies. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, that's it's a uh, really fun. Uh, I've only tried out a couple characters like. I, I, I of course tried Darley Dagger, who's huh. also in uh, made into a K 
KOF four or fifteen. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, uh, it's fun. I'm looking forward to it actually getting good roll back in there. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> they can sort out their problems. Uh, but yeah, that that's about it for what I've been playing. But I've also got uh some news. News of the world. Uh, so uh, remember that uh Pokemon Scarlet and Violet update? Yeah. Don't connect your don't connect your game to Pokemon Go. Okay. Uh, people's saves have been getting corrupted in doing so. Ah, well. <laughs> um, and it may also I, I'm not sure, but it may also be linked to pre-ordering the DLC. Oh wow! And downloading the uh, those outfits, I, I think because like I saw some something saying some people saying. Uh, they, they pre-ordered the DLC and it got corrupted. Um, but I don't think there's anything to download aside from those outfits that they give you for pre-ordering. Oh, okay. But um, I, I think for sure you can it can corrupt linking it to Pokemon Go. Some people have lost <sighs> hundreds of uh, shinies. <laughs> Just can't catch a break this game. No. But more in the Nintendo news. Uh, don't forget... Uh, don't know when this episode will be out, but if it's out before the 27th, remember, the 3DS and Wii U eShops are closing on uh, the 27th. Yeah. Um, a couple of developers at this moment have actually put their stuff on sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, WayForward being the first one. They've put a bunch of their stuff on sale. Uh, another being Capcom. Okay. You can get... There's a bunch of Capcom games available for three bucks yeah. each right now, I think. Nice. There's some Monster Hunter games that are a little more than that. Uh, sadly, the two Capcom games I really want are not on sale. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because they're like kind of a partnership with another developer. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, Pro- uh, Phoenix Wright versus Professor Layden. Yeah. <laughs> and Monster Hunter uh, Stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those ones are not are sadly not on sale, but they have a bunch of other stuff there. I'm thinking of picking up Street Fighter 4 for the 3DS for 3 Why? bucks. Uh, <laughs> why? Why not? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but I mean, hey, even if it's not on sale, everybody should play Phoenix Wright Cross Professor Lane because it's amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm holding out till the last minute. I'm hoping I'll see a sale. Yeah. But because because there are a couple games I do want to support before that close before it uh goes away. The last one being Detective Pikachu. I doubt that's going to go on sale. <laughs> <laughs> yep. God. The Nintendo tax man always comes due. Yep. Um so next I've got some a uh, couple things in uh the fighting game world. Mm-hmm. Um can go a little out of order here. Uh, so Evo announced uh, their lineup for for this year. So the Evo lineup for 2023 is Street Fighter VI, Guilty Gear Strive, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Tekken 7, KOF 15, Melty Blood, <laughs> Dragon right. Ball Fighters, and they also announced that they're going to have a throwback game each year and oh. this year's is ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 oh great 
Uh, I'm going to hear Morgan say Soul Fist another 700 <laughs> times in a match. Uh, but they've also announced that every game is going to have a grand prize of 25k. Nice. Which, because prior you'd be lucky walking out of there with, if you get first, maybe 10,000. Oh, okay. So it's grand prize 25k, not prize pool. Uh, yeah, I okay. believe so. But that those announcements came off the heel of this huge announcement from uh, Capcom Cup. Yeah. Uh, after the grand finals, they, they announced prior there was going to be no Street Fighter Six news there, which good thing because this kind of overshadowed it. Instead, they ra- roll. They ran a trailer for the for the 2023-2024 Capcom Cup year. Um, showing, yeah, it's, of course, it's going to be Street Fighter Six. Yeah. But also that the grand prize is a million dollars. That's crazy. With a prize pool of two million. Yeah. Um, that amount of money is unheard of in fighting games. Yeah, the, that's... <laughs> that's the kind of shit that you only see for, like, MOBAs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I already know... <laughs> I think my favorite thing was uh, seeing this, and there's a key word in there. Uh, after this was announced, Justin Wong put out a tweet uh, <laughs> saying, I was comfortable doing my little YouTube thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're going to get a lot of people who have kind of stepped back from the big tournament fighting game scene coming back with that much money on the line. Yeah. And you're probably going to get a lot of people who also don't really care too much about Street Fighter playing Street Fighter because of that amount of money. Yeah, it adds a level of legitimacy to it that, like, it makes it a big deal. Yeah. Like, I mean, just speaking from experience um, with uh, Magic of the Gathering is that, like, there was a, a kind of a big stretch where, like, people didn't really care all that much about big tournaments because there was no there's no prestige to them it's just like they 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 paid out so terribly that yeah. like if you had to travel to yeah. a, if you have to travel somewhere to play in a tournament you need to have like a decent shot at making your at least your airfare back not even your hotel just the airfare yeah. which wasn't possible in a lot of places which is why uh if you go out in pools You've got nothing to lose in the money matches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those are that's some like, I mean, oh, well, okay. I mean, Evo takes place in Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm about to say that's some Vegas yeah. thinking right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you have to factor in travel and accommodations, yeah, it's it's it can get rough <laughs> very fast. So a million being on the line, that's huge, and is going to get a lot of people playing Street Fighter Six. Yeah. Which For is sure. good because it's shaping up to look very good, uh, unlike Street Fighter V's launch. Except for the box art. I don't yeah. like that dude. I don't, I don't really remember what... Yeah, Luke, whatever. Like, I don't want to play... He, okay, I know this is hypocritical because one of the main, like, big main characters of Street Fighter in the past has been Ken. But I don't want to play a game where the main character is called Luke. <laughs> Who's that? That's nothing. Okay, picture the box art in your head. Yeah. Now imagine him with an anchor tattoo on his arm and a pipe <laughs> coming out of his mouth. That facial expression he has going on, he it's looks Popeye. like Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Gonna have olive oil as an assist character. 
Um, and all right, so I got one more piece of news here, which is uh, this is pretty big because this is a franchise coming back. Oh from the god, death. I heard I heard about this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. And it's boot Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi Four. God damn it! I, um, I remember playing. I think it was three. Yeah, at your place yep. on the PS2 or whatever. Uh, we. Oh, we, it was we were the using the Wii motion controls. Remember, actually oh, putting the Wii remote in nunchuck at your side to charge oh, the car. Right. <laughs> yeah, that Jesus Christ, <laughs> those. That that is not <laughs> a good fighting game. No, that is a Dragon Ball simulator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is broken and unbalanced in all the right ways. Yep, <laughs> and that's why I love it. Um, I am, but it also has like an absolutely massive roster like even these, everything just like background characters that are in like a movie for like maybe 20 minutes at most they're they're there yeah like over 170 characters i think it was is what it says on the box i am worried that it, with the modern state of the industry a lot of that roster is going to become paid dlc yeah probably <laughs> But, like, okay, can they really do that with that game, though? Because it's, like, who's going to be, like, paid DLC? Like, freaking, like, that Kui, that one guy that Vegeta punched on Planet <laughs> Namek or whatever. Like, yeah, I want the I want the freaking Zarbon DLC. All right, I'm, I'm not going to pay for that. I, I could understand paid DLC for new forms that come out after the game yeah. releases i mean yeah if you, but, if you think they're not going to monetize more goku yeah like take a look at the fighter z roster they're going to monetize goku but like i'm going to get this game because like even just playing through the story stuff of tenkaichi 3 was just a blast uh i i just hope that at release it's got its full roster and not just going to be locked behind a bunch of paid dlc yeah, hopefully. How many more Gokus would this game have compared to three at this point? Oh, that's a <laughs> lot of Gokus. Because, like, got, you know, the one, two, three fours from Dragon Ball Super. Mm -hmm. uh, or four, because you got to have... Or don't five, no six, seven. Because <laughs> you gotta have Goku Black in there. Yeah, I gotta have mm. Goku Fusions when he's Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Can't forget those. You uh, can't forget a uh, times fifty KO Ken Super Saiyan Blue. Sure. <laughs> Are they gonna have like Goku Ultra Instinct first time and Goku Ultra Instinct mastered? <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> If 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 it's going through a full story, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna ha it's gonna have Krillin with hair. <laughs> mm, costumes. Yeah. No, I want a separate character. <laughs> Krillin yeah. with hair. Yeah. Vegeta as Batman. <laughs> uh, can only hope that'll turn out good. Yeah. That was a bl uh, like it, it was very gimmicky playing the Wii. Like you could play the Wii version with a classic controller or a GameCube controller. Yeah, but there was just something stupidly fun about just doing the shit with the Wii remote and nunchuck. Yeah. Stupid, yeah, doing dumb shit with the waggle, like, like that bleach game that you had. Oh yeah, that was just all about the waggle. It's just just back and forth, up and down, or just stab, 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 stab. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I remember one time when we were playing, uh, 
And one of the moves is you got to put both your arms up, but spread them out. Yeah. And I remember you went to do that and you ripped the nunchuck connection out of the Wii room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was passionate. All right. <laughs> I, bl I blame the developers for putting that in there. Uh, good times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's all I've, uh, all I've got. Yeah. Well, the good times are about over, unfortunately. But if you want to keep the good times rolling, you could always check out our YouTube channel as we have stuff going up there semi-regularly. Yeah, we've uh, recently had a couple uh, reaction videos, the Nintendo Direct and Pokemon Presents. Yep, so check those out if you want to see our reaction to the various announcements uh, therein. We also have an email that you can send emails to, uh, threelevelsdeep at outlook.com if you want to get in contact with us to... Have some thoughts around the podcast, get our opinion on things, whatever you want to see. And yeah, that's about it. So thanks for listening and enjoy the month of March, I guess. What's left of it. Yeah. It, beware I, the Ides, though. <laughs> Definitely beware the Ides. <laughs> <laughs>